Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast in the series, Seeing Through the Fog. Our big idea today is when faced with an open door, do more than just run through it. We're going to be in Romans chapter 12. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Welcome to week number three of Seeing Through the Fog. And it is my hope and my prayer that you are enjoying and benefiting from this series. The different topics that we're discussing and the different issues that we're walking through, I believe are vitally important for forward movement in our friendship with God. And that is the goal, that if we have trusted in Jesus alone to save us, that we would experience forward movement. That's a good thing. And here's what forward movement does. It actually brings alignment with the heart of God. And that is a reality and a possibility, that my heart can actually be aligned with God's heart, and forward movement does that. Forward movement also brings alignment that results in obedience, and long-term obedience in the same direction results in clarity. So forward movement, alignment, obedience, and then clarity. And this is actually a good way to live. But there is something that kind of impedes forward movement. There's something that kind of gets in the way. And that is any type of fog that we experience in life. And we can describe the fog this way. It's pain, confusion, discouragement, loss, fear, anger. It's all of these emotions that really begin to cloud our thinking. Now, let's compare and contrast forward movement, again, movement, alignment, obedience, and clarity, with the fog. Now, alignment brings obedience, which brings clarity, and that's a wonderful thing. The fog is a whole different story, because here's how we can describe the fog. The fog is something that we experience, and in it, we lose confidence in God. Can God? Will God? We begin to ask those questions, and we lose confidence in God really fast. In the fog, our vision becomes vague, and that's kind of obvious. In the fog, we also begin to wander. So forward movement, alignment, obedience, clarity, that sounds good, or a loss of confidence in God, vision that is vague, and a wandering spirit. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I think most of us would probably prefer clarity over the fog. That just sounds a whole lot better, and this series is about helping with that. So let's take a few moments and let's review where we've been. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the fog of Easter. And it's interesting because normally we think of Easter as this wonderful day. It launches a new season and there's new life with Easter. But when you go back to the very first Easter, as described in Luke chapter 24, and when you begin to unpack that narrative, what you find is that first Easter didn't start out as a great day. The followers of Jesus were a bit rattled. And what we did a couple of weeks ago is that we pulled some of the words straight out of the narrative in Luke chapter 24. And this is how the followers of Jesus were actually feeling. The ones who should have known better, the ones who heard him say that he was going to come back to life, they're still out of it. Do you remember the words? 
They were puzzled, terrified, unsure, sad, and skeptical. That's how the very first Easter began, in a fog of sorts. And then Jesus came back to life, and he appeared to them. And when Jesus appears, everything changes. The fog was lifted, and we find the book of Luke ending with a description of the followers of Christ walking around with great joy. They were no longer sad and terrified and skeptical. They were believers, and they had changed. In other words, the fog was lifted. That's the fog of Easter. Last week, we talked about seeing through the fog of why. And why doesn't God seem to come through sometimes? Even when we're walking with God and when we're on his side, it seems that sometimes God can be hesitant to answer or at least slow and not working on my time frame. And we get in this fog of why. It's kind of a difficult question to respond to, but what we discovered by looking at a very unique, I would say even disturbing story in 1 Samuel chapter 4, is that in the fog of why, instead of running away from God, we need to walk with God and choose to obey him with even greater resolve. Again, the tendency is to run away from God because he's not answering or he's not answering on my time frame. So we walk, kind of, I'll get back at the man for this, as opposed to walking with God instead of away from him and determining to obey him with even greater resolve, even when it doesn't make sense. That's the fog of why. I will tell you that last week's talk was probably one of my all-time favorites that I've ever given. I really enjoyed walking through that bizarre, disturbing story. And if you didn't get the chance to hear that last week, I would encourage you to go to valleypointchurch.com and listen to the podcast because it will help you, it will help us, Keep thinking through the fog of why, when God doesn't make sense. Okay, that's where we've been. Today, let's do this. Let's talk about the fog of open doors. Open doors. Let me ask you this. Have you ever experienced an open door in life? Something that is out there and you can either walk through it or walk away from it. Have you ever experienced something like that? I think we all do at times, and we can either walk through those doors, and often we do that, and it doesn't seem like a big deal. But sometimes the open doors that are in front of us can be rather stressful. Like, do I walk through this or not? And what's the best option? Now, for the sake of our conversation today, let's do two things right off the bat. Let's define an open door, and then let's talk about what it's not. So we need to define what is an actual open door, and then let's talk about what it's not as well. So here's the definition of an open door. It is a new opportunity or a possibility. And again, we experience this in life, right? It's a new opportunity or a new possibility in front of me. Sometimes we chase these things, these doors on our own. Sometimes they just fall out of the sky, and all of a sudden it's right there. But it is a new opportunity or a new possibility. Now, I've kind of created a list of these things, see if any of this rings true for you. So remember, new opportunity, new possibility. It could be a new job, a new friendship, a new deal, a new house, a new ministry opportunity, a new career, a new college, a new fill-in-the-blank. 
Actually, think about it this way. What is the decision that you are wrestling with right now? And maybe that's a really big thing and it is overwhelming and it is stressing you out. Or maybe it's smaller in nature, but it's still something that you are considering right now. What decision is right there in front of you? Whatever that is, it's probably an open door. It is an opportunity or a possibility. And generally, we want to get these open doors right, don't we? I think we do, because it impacts more than me. Let me share with you a recent open door that I walked through that really was probably the biggest open door in my life at this particular time. And that was the open door of coming to Valley Point Church. Do I move to the Philadelphia area and serve there at Valley Point Church, or do I stay in the church where I was serving in the Chicagoland area and just remain there? An open door. What does God want me to do? How do I respond to that? How do I figure that out? Do you flip a coin? Do you draw straws? Well, you could do those things. But I think there's actually a better way where we get the chance to discover what does God want for me in this. So an open door. It's a possibility or a new opportunity. Now let's try to define what it is not. All right? An open door is not something that takes me further away from God, or at least not a good open door. And I know we're talking positionally here, so this is somewhat abstract, but a good open door is not something that's going to take me further away from God. It's just not going to do that. And let's say it this way. An open door is not something that violates Scripture. That would be called sin. And it might manifest itself as a good open door. But if our relationship with God is strong and vibrant, we should be able to identify that right away and run away from that door, even though it might look good. It is not a good open door. So an open door is a new possibility or opportunity. It is not something that will take us further away from God. And it is not something that violates Scripture. I share that with all of us. Because I generally think the open doors that we experience in life are not always between good and evil. We can kind of figure that out. And if we're striving to live for God, we run from evil and let's move toward good. I think often the open doors that we experience in life are between two good options. And so in that case... If that's what's happening and I have an open door or two or three or even four, how do I begin the process of figuring out which door that I should walk through? One more thing about open doors. They are different than everyday decisions that just need to be decided. Like, should I buy an iPhone or another type of phone? Who cares? Just buy a phone and start texting. Or do I buy the black shirt or the blue shirt? I would recommend that you buy the black shirt, but buy whatever shirt you want to buy and begin wearing it. Or cheesesteak, with or without. Again, I don't think God cares. Get what you want and just begin eating and enjoying that. By the way, I have a cheesesteak story that involves my decision about coming here. When I came out for my very first interview, it had been years since I had been in Philadelphia. 
I was here when I was a young kid, but it had been a really long time. So I thought, you know, if I'm going there to interview, I don't know what's going to happen. I might not get this job. At least I'm going to get a cheesesteak out of the whole deal. So I came and said, hey, I'd really like to get a cheesesteak while I'm here. I can cross that off my bucket list, and that'll be a wonderful thing. So we went, and we got a cheesesteak, and the thing really upset my stomach. And that kind of bothered me because I was interested in the job, but it occurred to me, if I can't handle their food, how in the world am I going to move here? So now I get cheesesteaks all the time, and they don't do anything to my stomach. And I don't know what that says about cheesesteaks or my stomach, but I just want to remind you, open doors are different than everyday, regular decisions. Just decide on the cheesesteak, decide on the shirt, decide on the phone, and go for it. I don't think those things are that big of a deal to God, all right? Let me share our big idea for today. And that is, when faced with an open door, do more than just run through it. You could probably also add something to that. And that would be, don't avoid it either or ignore it. Sometimes we just run through things and we don't even think about it. Sometimes there is an open door and we don't like that. And so we ignore it and hope that it kind of goes away. So when faced with an open door, we got to do more than run through it or even avoid it. If you have a Bible or a device with you, I want you to find Romans chapter 12, and we're going to spend some time walking through verses 1 and 2. We're going to look at that in just a moment. While you're finding that, what I want to do now is I want to share with you some practical things that we can do when faced with open doors. We're going to look at Romans chapter 12 in a minute. And we're going to get God's perspective on this. But I think there is something that we can practically do when we walk through these open doors. And that is to throw some key questions at the door. So if you have any decision in front of you, I encourage you to lean in a little bit. Write these things down. Take some good notes. Because you might want to review this throughout the week as you think about that open door that is in front of you. This is not an exhaustive list of questions. There's probably a lot that we could add to this. But this is a start. So let's think about these key questions. Number one, have I sought the right counsel? I think it's fair to say that you should never make an open-door decision in isolation. That generally leads to trouble at some point. You want to get advisors around you. You want to invite other people to come to the table share what's happening so that you can gain perspective and wisdom from them. That is always a good thing to do. Scripture actually talks about how there is wisdom with many counselors around you. So I think one of the questions we've got to ask is, have I sought the right counsel? By the way, there there is bad counsel that you can get that will tell you to do whatever it is that you might want to do. You want to have the right counsel around you. You want to have wise people. So have I sought the right counsel? Number two, have I given my decision an appropriate amount of time? And what is an appropriate amount of time? Well, I don't know exactly because this is different for everybody. Some people are prone to make decisions Quickly, other people really labor over them and factor in a lot of different things. I think you've got to go back to question number one. Have I invited counselors to give me their wise advice? If I have, then I've probably given the open door a good amount of time if I've heard from them. Question number three. Have I considered the adventure of yes versus the safety of no? 
So the adventure of yes versus the safety of no. And here's why I say that. I think often we say no to open doors that we should say yes to. And the reason we do that is because it's just inconvenient. Like, oh, it's going to take time, and that's going to take effort, or that might involve a move. It is just really inconvenient. So I will say no to the thing that I should say yes to. And here's the thing about open doors. It's not about what is convenient. It is about what is best. And often what is best is not convenient. And so we got to think about that as we walk through these different open doors. Have I considered the adventure of yes versus the safety of no? Number four, am I viewing the open door as an escape from something I haven't resolved? Like, man, I'll just go over there and all of my problems will kind of go away because I will leave that behind at a previous door. Here's the thing about unresolved issues. They have a way of finding us whatever door we hide behind. Truth and time walk together. And so if we're running from something that we haven't resolved, it eventually will find us. And we've got to be careful about running from stuff that we should resolve. Resolving works. It's tough. It takes time and effort, but resolving works. So am I viewing the open door as an escape from something I haven't resolved? If that's the case, it's going to find me at some point. And then number five, where's my friendship with God right now? And honestly, I think this is really the key question. Where's my friendship with God right now as I consider this open door? Is it vibrant and dynamic. If it is, then go for it. Make the decision and enjoy the ride. If it's not, if I've kind of pushed God to the background and the decision is about me and what I want and my goals and my dreams, if it's more about that than inviting God into the situation, then I need to pause the open door and I need to fix that first. I want us to think about it this way. Because here's what we do sometimes, or at least here's what I know that I do. There is this part of our lives, if we've trusted in Christ. There's the God part, and we give reverence to God. And hopefully we're doing that on Sunday, giving him a few minutes of our day. And maybe occasionally we even throw a few bucks at God to give reverence and respect to him as a way to thank him for what he's given to us. There's the God part of our lives. But then there's also the me part. It's what I want. It's my work. It's my dreams. It's my goals. And often what begins to happen, and this can be something that is very subtle, is we begin to bifurcate these two things, and we put a big barrier here between the God part of my life and the me part, And we communicate to God, whether we say it or not, no touching. No touching, God. You've got your part, and I'll honor you there. But the rest of the stuff in my life, these decisions, these dreams, these goals, these jobs, all of this stuff, that's kind of my part. And I don't want to invite you into that because I'm afraid of what you may do. While God the whole time is doing this, no, 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 that doesn't work. I love you, I created you, I purchased you, I want to be involved in every aspect of your life. 
And I want to be involved in every decision in your life. I want to touch everything, and I want to be involved in the process of every open door that we experience. But again, we tend to separate these things, and we put up this big barrier. If we do this, we're going to be pretty frustrated. Because with the Holy Spirit taking up residence inside of us, we'll never be content with trying to push God into the background because he will constantly push his way back into the forefront. And so we got to invite God into the story, which sounds like a simple and a nice and a convenient thing to say. How do you actually do that? How do we keep that from happening where we separate the God and the me part? Well, this is not new information, okay? This is not rocket science either. You have heard me say this multiple times, and hopefully it won't disappoint. But here's how we invite God into the story. And we make sure that our, vibra- our relationship with him is vibrant and dynamic and strong. Here's how we do it, especially when we're facing open doors. All right? You ready for this? More scripture and more prayer. That's it. That's what creates this dynamic living friendship within us. It is more scripture and more prayer. And when we have an open door in front of us, if we do anything, there should be more time in Scripture and more time in prayer. Scripture is where God speaks to me, and prayer is where I get the opportunity to speak to Him. These two things work together. Now, does it give us the answer on the open door? Probably not. But it kind of tunes our heart to the heart of God. It brings that alignment. Remember, alignment brings obedience, and obedience brings clarity on the open doors that we experience. As I was thinking about the opportunity in front of me to move to Philadelphia and pastor Valley Point Church or remain at the church where I was serving in Illinois, I began to consider all of this, and I can tell you, here's what didn't happen. I didn't turn to John chapter 12 and verse 11 and find Eric, Take the job in Philly. It's not there. There's no verse that says that. God also didn't blast a message across the sky. Hey, do this or don't do this. Kind of like when you're on the beach in Ocean City, New Jersey, and those planes fly by and they have those messages or the boats float by telling you where to eat. God's not going to do that for us. That's not how he communicates. But here's what happens in the process where we align our hearts with the heart of God. More time in scripture and more time in prayer helps me stare at God. That just happens. When I'm investing in his word and I'm trying to discover this and read it and figure it out and what does this mean and what am I supposed to do, it helps me stare at God. When I'm spending more time in prayer, I'm staring at God and what we stare at is what we steer toward. Make sense? Right? If we're staring at God, we're going to steer toward him at some point. And I think in that moment and in that place, we're going to make great open door decisions. And we're going to be doing exactly what God wants us to do. And we won't even have to worry about it. But if I'm staring at money, if I'm staring at security, if I'm staring at my own happiness, or if I'm staring at all of those other things, I will begin to steer toward that. And we might get in trouble with the open door in front of us. So, more scripture, more prayer. Again, not new information, but what that does is it helps us to just stare at God. 
And what we stare at is what we steer toward. I encourage you, if you're walking through an open door right now, you should take that program and look at that Monday through Friday reading plan. It gives you all kinds of different scripture verses to read, and you should read it again and again and again and again because it will help you stare at God, and eventually you'll begin steering toward him, and you're going to make great decisions. It will happen. All right, let's look to scripture now. We're going to fly through this. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Here's what it says. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, which means I invite you. And so the author here is inviting us into something. He's pleading with us. And here's what he's pleading for. Here's what he's inviting us to do. To give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him, the way to reverence him. Don't copy, it's a key word right there, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. That word copy there means don't fashion yourself after this or don't imitate this. There's also something else that's unique about this word. It's in the imperative tense in the original language here, which means this is a strong possibility meaning you can do this. So we have been invited to give our bodies to God and don't copy, don't fashion alike after the customs of this world. This is a possibility. We can actually do this. With me? All right? So don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but do this. Let God transform you. You see that word transform? In the Greek, it means metamorpho which is where we get the English word metamorphosis. It has the idea of the nature of something being changed. And so again, this is a possibility. We don't have to copy the behavior and the customs of this world. We can be transformed in our appearance. We can be transfigured into what? Well, into a new person by changing the way you think. Then... At that point, here's the good news. You will learn to know God's will for you. And that word will means desire or wish or purpose. So at that point, when we allow God to transform us, when we allow him to have control of our minds through more scripture and more prayer, when we're staring at God, we're going to know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So here's the heart of Romans 12 and the open doors that we might face. God has a plan for us. And he doesn't always put that in Scripture. He doesn't say specifically, take that job, buy that house, go to that school. God doesn't do that. What he does is he invites us into this relationship where we give more time to him, more Scripture, more prayer. And in the process of that, he changes our minds. Metamorphosis here. And it's at that point where we can understand and know the will of God or his purpose for us. And by the way, his purpose is good. It pleases him. So that's how it happens. Now, let's put all of this together. Let's read through this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. 
This is truly the way to worship or reverence him. And don't, don't do this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's a great paragraph. And I would encourage you to pour over that, especially if you're walking through an open door right now. Let me share three takeaways, all right? Number one, there is no perfect choice. Now, God has a perfect will, but our choices are not perfect. There is no perfect job. There is no perfect spouse. There is no perfect church. So give yourself a little freedom to enjoy the process and know that we're going to mess up occasionally and enjoy the journey of figuring out open doors. There is no perfect choice. And often we have to make decisions on less than 100% of the information. We've got to be ready to do that. There's no perfect choice. So let yourself off the hook a little bit and enjoy the ride. Secondly, view every open door as an opportunity to evaluate your friendship with God. This is so huge in the process. It's so huge. When you have open doors, it's not just about what you want and what you desire and what works for you. These are wonderful opportunities to say, okay, God, is my relationship with you right now vibrant and dynamic? Am I right with you? Am I right with others? Is this where I am right now? If not, I need to adjust that and fix that. When I do, when I allow God to metamorphosis my mind to transform me, I'm going to know what God wants me to do, and I'm going to make great choices. So these are wonderful opportunities. If you have an open door in front of you, this is a good thing. It's a good thing. Allow it to give you the time to evaluate your friendship with God. And then thirdly, if you are the right you before God, meaning you're right with God and you're right with others, and your mind is being transformed, then follow your desires. What is it that you want to do? I believe if you're right with God and you're right with other people and he has transformed your mind, what you want to do will match what God wants for you. And again, you're going to make a great decision. Our friendship with God is the key. So I say more time in scripture, more time in prayer. And then have fun making a decision. Do what you want to do because I think it'll line up with the will of God for you. So to kind of circle back to the big open door that I had a little over five years ago in choosing to come here, I felt that this was a, a wonderful opportunity. felt God kind of pulling my heart here. But moving from Chicago to Philadelphia is kind of a big move. We had children. I had family in Illinois. Kind of a tough thing to walk through. Good opportunity there. Good opportunity here. What do you do? So I worked hard at making sure that my friendship with God is what it should be. And I ask people, help me with this. Point things out in my own life because I've got to walk through an open door here potentially that is going to change dramatically the landscape of our family for forever, really. And, and we want to get these things right because it impacts a lot of people. And so I invited people, give me counsel, talk to people here, had friends back in Illinois, invited them just to speak into my life. And then we came out here and we walked through the interview process and fell in love with the area and fell in love with what God was doing right here. And then I sat down with Tanya, my wife, and said, I want to go. That's what I want to do. 
It's going to be painful. It's going to be hard to move and to leave family and something that we've been involved in for seven plus years and building at that particular church, but I want to go. That's the desire of my heart. Does that match yours? And Tanya said, let's go. Let's do it. And so here we are, walking with God and with you through an open door. And I don't regret that decision at all. I think God was there, and I'm so content and so happy with knowing that God has me where he wants me to be. But I share that with you because I wanted this. I wanted to come. And I made sure my relationship with God was right, relationship with others was correct, invited counselors into the situation, made sure that God wasn't in the back seat, invited him to speak to me through word, uh, through his word, and through my time in prayer, and was so excited about that particular venture. You have open doors in front of you as well. Maybe multiples right now. Sometimes it can be confusing. What do I do? How do I walk through this? I would encourage you to do this. Take the key questions. Throw them at the door. And do it again and again and again until clarity comes to you. And then evaluate your friendship with God. More time in scripture. More time in prayer. And then decide. Decide walk through the door, and enjoy the ride that God will take you on in that process. So open doors. When faced with them, do more than just run through it. And do more than kind of ignore it and hope it goes away. No, take these things and run it through the grid of the key questions. Focus on more scripture, more prayer. And again, I believe God's going to help you follow the desires of your heart, which will match what he wants for you, and you'll make great open-door decisions. Father, we're thankful for Romans chapter 12 and a couple of verses here that talk about you transforming our minds. God, this is kind of a challenging thing. It can be troubling to us. Often there's pressure with open doors to decide faster than what we want to. Or maybe the door is so frustrating that we kind of push away and we want to ignore it in hopes that it just disappears. God, we know that's not going to happen. So I just pray that as we all face different open doors in our lives, that we would run key questions at the door. That we would use the open door as an opportunity to evaluate our friendship with you. And are we inviting you into the story? Is our relationship with you dynamic and vibrant at that particular time? More scripture, more prayer, God. Knowing that all of those things are just going to help us make a great decision. God, I think sometimes we walk through open doors and, and we never even invite you into it because it seems like kind of a small thing or unimportant. God, I think all of the decisions we make in life whether they're big and dramatic or seemingly insignificant, they matter to you. And you want us to get these decisions right. So God, I pray that you'd help us to identify those decisions that take us away from you or decisions that might violate scripture. God, help us to run from those open doors that seem like they're good, but they're really not. And then God, help us to Embrace you, your word. Invite people to the table to give us great advice. 
and follow our hearts and make a great decision, knowing it'll be what you want for us as well. God, help us just to make great open-door decisions this week. I'd like for you to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. Maybe you're here and you're right in the middle of an open door situation. And maybe there's multiple open doors. You're trying to figure this out and it's stressing you. It's causing some heartache. You're not sure exactly what to do. You feel like you're in a fog when it comes to the open doors that are surrounding you. I want to pray for you right now. That God will just give you the courage and the strength to ask the key questions, to evaluate your relationship, to spend more time in scripture, more time in prayer, knowing that all of those things are going to line up and help you make a great choice. So if you have an open door decision in front of you, would you be so brave as to just slip up your hand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Just raise your hand right now so that I can pray over you as I close here. Would you raise your hand? all over the room. Keep them up for just a second. Anybody else want to raise your hand and say, I've got an open door possibility. Would you just pray for me, please, as I make this decision? You can put your hands down. So God, you see every hand and you know every heart. You know the story and you know the situation. You know what they're walking through and what they have to decide. God, I pray that you'd give them strength now to take these tools and more scripture and more prayer, inviting you into the story, making sure that their relationship with you is vibrant and dynamic so they can make great decisions. God, I pray that you give them the freedom to do that, the boldness this week. God, I look forward to hearing the stories of those that have raised their hands of how you helped them make perhaps even a better decision than what they ever thought they could because of what we've walked through today and because of what you teach us. So God, for each and every person that raised their hand, I pray that you'd lift the fog of the open door. God, give them clarity. Help them to move towards you knowing that will align their hearts and help them to obey and more obedience will bring clarity. God, I pray that you give that to them as they walk through this. Give them a great week, God, and help us as we encounter different open doors to make sure that we walk through them, if that's what you want us to do, with you. Not without you, but with you. Allowing you to transform our minds. God, thank you for this time. Bless us, we do pray. Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.